morning, everybody, and welcome to the Wasatch Report. This is episode 27. I'm Suzanne Sherman. Joining me today is Jeff Johnson. We're going to continue our discussion of the election shenanigans and cover a couple of the articles that we did not get into on our last episode. But before we get rolling on that, you can follow us at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Suzanne Sherman's The Wasatch Report radio show, PolitiPrep podcast. They also have a fan page on Facebook. And Jeff, I think you also reinstated or changed the name of our old radio network on YouTube to PolitiPrep Podcasts on YouTube. And I believe you're uploading our latest episodes there as well. But we do broadcast live on Facebook. So we do appreciate those that show up and and do their commentary and, and participate in the show. And if you're not able to do that live, by the way, before I get into that, Red Hot Chili Prepper is also, if you're interested in preparedness, and you might be, when we discuss these shows and where we're headed, you might say to yourself, you know, I might want to be a little bit more self-reliant and prepare for what I consider to be either social unrest or some other disasters with regards to the COVID situation or the government response to it. And again, if you can't listen to us live, go over to Anchor FM as well. And from there, we are shared on multiple platforms. Please share and support rate the apps that will drive traffic to us. You can use your Google assistant and say, play the Wasatch Report radio show. And guess what? We will play right there. You can hear it on Bluetooth as you're driving. And let's see, you can support again, support the shows there for as little as 99 cents a month. And SuzanneCSherman.com is my website. And from there, you can read my blogs. Uh, Most of them pertain to preparedness. I'm going to write one, Jeff, about our little adventures in Vernal when we went hunting last week with a goshawk and a, um, Hungarian Visla dog. We were hunting rabbits. It was absolutely fascinating. Phil Clark's going to be joining us and we'll do a, a show on that on the Red Hot Chili Prepper. And finally, you can also support us by donating on the homepage at SuzanneCSherman.com. While you're there, peruse around and uh, look at some of our published articles from the 10th Amendment Center, the American Conservative Abbeville Institute. You can find that on the page. And that is uh, Suzanne's articles, interestingly enough. Jeff, how are you today? We're in the 20s here. It is cold. Thank you for your advice on how to get that antifreeze throughout my RV. I did it yesterday. Yeah, so I, you're going to need it because it's it's time for it to be uh, winterized. And I, as soon as we're done today and I have lunch, I'm running the camper down to the camper dealership and they're going to winterize mine. That way I have a guarantee. If something happens now, it's on them. They're going to fix it and I'm not going to pay for it. Uh, that's why I take it to them. So anyway, uh, it's getting cold here. The leaves have pretty much fallen off the trees here. Uh, They're getting pretty bare. There are some areas around here that still have some nice color. So the people, the bus trips, which used to come up here for a foliage watching, uh, which now don't happen because of uh, government and their response to COVID. Well, they're going to all miss the pretty colors. And Andrew was saying earlier that the colors are nice up in Maine. I'm sure they are. Yeah, we're seeing the change here in Utah. And again, we've been into the 30s. So I had already taken a compressor and blown out those, the plumbing system as well. But again, getting that done. And I'm going to take it actually elk hunting tomorrow. So I'm going to be running it dry, but that's fine. So I will be gone for the rest of this week. And then we'll pick it up again next week. All right. I cannot start out this show without at least acknowledging the passing, the tragic loss of a rock and roll legend, Eddie Van Halen. Boy, that one hit me hard when I saw that. I think we all knew he was sick. He's been severing, he was been suffering from throat cancer, which apparently had been metastasized throughout his body for some time. And we lost this absolute genius. And I think one of the reasons it hit me so hard was that was I listened to him in, in high school, you know, middle school, high school, college. He was their music was iconic. It was always in the background. My friends, all my girlfriends, they were listening to the ho-hos and the ho-hos, the go-go's. <laughs> <laughs> and and Pat Benatar and all these lame, you know, pop groups. And I was out there rocking to Van Halen. And to me, Van Halen, um, it was the personification of everything that was fun about the 80s. I think everything went to shit starting the 90s. Pardon my French, but it really did. I so know. Damn. I know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just thought their music was fun. Everything was fun about it. And I, I just felt like it was it was a passing. And so... Okay, quick yeah, question. So, um, so my my take on it was, and I, I am also with you, that through high school and uh, probably a little bit, or, well, probably mostly a high school, uh, we listened to a lot of Van Halen. And you know what? It was fun. It mm-hmm. made it put a smile on your face. And that was always what I liked about Van Halen because this is, honestly, most of those people in rock and roll had a, a, a really 
overestimation of themselves. And every time I listened to them, it was always like they, you know, they were kind of like making fun of themselves and they weren't taking themselves too seriously. And they just wanted to make music that was fun. Unlike a lot of them that had really dark music that just, you know, you know, it didn't really make you smile, but, uh, but Van Halen, it was ha- it, it. We always you always felt good after listening to it. It, it put a smile on your face, and I will miss uh, Eddie and his guitar playing. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I'm I'm a David Lee Roth kind of gal. How about you? Uh, Diamond Dave was was Van Halen. I mean, not I mean you had Eddie, you know, but I mean that that was Van Halen. After that, uh, you know, Sammy had a couple good songs, but you know he was uh, you know nah, not really. So. Well, I like the 5150 album. In fact, I downloaded that yesterday and was listening to it on my car when I in my car when I was out driving around. But anyway, uh, RIP. Godspeed, Eddie Van Halen. We will miss your music. Well, actually, I'm not going to his, miss his music. I'm going to miss knowing that he's around, but still listen to him all the time. So tonight, vice presidential debates. Will you be listening to, Je- to that, Jeff? <sighs> Uh, I mean, I like, I watched the last debate for everyone so we could talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'll watch the highlight reels and we can discuss it next week. I'm not, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I mean, I think here's the difference. Pence will not say a word while she's speaking. It'll be very polite. I'm not going to say she's going to be polite, but I'll say he will be polite. And, um, you know, he'll point out the differences. It'll be a, a true debate. And it, it may show a huge difference between the two camps. I don't know. I mean, that, I mean, the uh, Cruella is going to lie about everything to make them look more moderate than they are when, in fact, they are communists. And that's what they're going to they're looking to institute communist rule. So uh, you're going to see them lying. You're gonna see Trump's side lying. It, it, it's useless, and I we're gonna talk about the election. And <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a minute. Well, I'll confess, I'm not watching it. I was invited to uh, come on with my good friend Cam Har- Harless. I was I did a podcast with him, which will be coming out on. It's called "Make Liberty Great Again," and the guy's really smart. Here's what he said on that <laughs> with that topic. He said that what should happen is Donald Trump should show up. For the debate instead of Mike Pence. The premise being, hey, Camilla, we know that you are the one that's going to be the official president because we're just putting in a dementia, a dementia patient to hold the place to get her in because Biden is more middle of the road, you know, uh, and he's he's been around so long, he's just accepted. But she's the one that was going to be in charge. There's going to be somebody else. And I thought it would be fair that he should debate the actual presidential candidate. Go ahead. Well, did you I I posted a bunch of articles where she is stating her EOs that she's going to put in place when she's president. I mean, uh, after the election. So already, I mean, it's already out. She's going to be president as soon as the election's over. There's no question about it. She's already telling you what EOs she's going to do. It's all in articles. And it's not like it's right-leaning articles. It is articles from the, it's the mainstream media telling you exactly what she's going to do and she's going to be president. This there's no doubt about it. It's going to it's I don't it, I used to think it was going to be a few months. I believe it'll be within it'll be within days of uh the swearing of Biden she will be president. Well, yeah, I think so if the de facto president. I think they're going to try and keep his tires pumped up and keep him going uh throughout the remainder of this administrative term if that's at all possible, then get her reelected. Uh, twice. And then that's 12 years of carnage that they can rule. Not that the Republican Party hasn't been doing it. They've just been doing it at the speed limit. But I just find her to be such a reprehensible lying hag. I'm not going to listen to her at all. I'm going to draw the line at that. I have no interest in being lied to. Um, And I'm also really not interested in seeing Pence not tear her up where somebody you know, like Tulsi Gabbard really could have. So I, I don't think I'll be watching. And plus, I'll be away. And by the time I get back, it'll be too late for me to interject any commentary. The story will uh, be stale by that point. But interestingly enough, I also don't want to see she's insisted on a, a plexiglass between the two parties, 12 feet apart. I, I'm sick and tired of these reminders of this pandemic. Uh, scandemic. And I'm just, I really don't want to see all that. And I mean, that is really 
uh, something that is has taken on the, uh, such a false narrative has taken the the whole highlight of the presidential election and the whole thing's just stupid in my opinion but in here we have because of covid i've told you before all these the whole mail-in ballot the ballot harvesting so what we can what are we going to have jeff and i'll I'll let you go in just one second oh Mm -hmm. Oh, well it it goes back to what you just said about her getting 12 years what Mm -hmm. she'll be the de facto president under a four-year term of biden is what she was saying daniel just i just want to clarify so you understand where she was going with this Uh, he'll be the de facto president he'll be in there for four years then she'll get to she'll be re-elected as the incumbent basically and then get another four years for a total of 12. Well, that's why I said she would be the de facto president and then the elected president. And this is, again, my county has stopped mail or they have stopped in-person voting. Interestingly enough, you can get takeout food, but you can't go trick-or-treating. I mean, if you just look at all these inconsistencies, and didn't we see something out of California too? Gavin Newsom's trying to say, oh, in between bites when you're in a restaurant, put your mask on. Is there any outer limit to what kind of personal behavior and interpersonal relationships that they are going to draw the line and say, you know, this is really none of our gosh darn business. And I don't think so. But again, what has been their plan to get this into the House of Representatives? And because now the House is controlled by the Democrats, this is looking like it's going to be uh, for them a safe way to go. And I was listening to a podcast this morning. Once in a while, I will subject myself to the painful experience of putting on the uh, Google selection of podcasts that they have. And one of them was complaining today that, well, what's going to happen is this is why they're so upset about the Supreme Court, uh, about Amy Barrett being confirmed. They're afraid that because of all the election fraud, which we know with all the mail-in voting being the exclusive means in some states, this is going to ultimately go to the Supreme Court. And one gentleman was lamenting today, it's going to be a 5-4 decision or a 6-3 decision, even worse. And, and then this is what dictators do when they don't want to leave office. So according to, you know, either party, if, you're, if your guy isn't in office, the one in charge is a dictator. How do we solve this? Maybe not let this general government have all the power it does. But everybody's compliant with it when it's their guy in charge. Everybody's been cheering this on with Donald Trump, making the excuses, the bump stock ban, everything else, any other executive orders. This is really, this is great. This is our guy where we don't care. It's it's still better than Hillary. So again, once you uh, once you acquiesce to this egregious overreach of power, that's that's what you get. And with regards to that, um, Kelly is saying biosecurity terrorism, courtesy of both parties. Absolutely. By the way, if this is really the China virus, why are we still trading with them? Why are we still borrowing money from them? Why? why you know, I would think any country under God, one nation under God, would have stopped all relations with China after they implemented their one child policy. Watch the show, One Child Nation. It's a documentary for those of you thin skinned people who haven't canceled uh, Netflix. It's either on Netflix or Amazon. I love how everybody's, you know, saying how they're going to cancel one leftist platform from a leftist platform on Facebook, by the way. But One Child Nation, look it up and ask yourself why in the world did the United States stand by and continue? to surrender our sovereignty by borrowing all this money from China, continuing to trade with them, knowing there's a deficit, which I think is stupid. Who cares about the trade deficit? It's meaningless. Uh, if, if they're such horrible, if they're so, so horrible, they're the biggest threat to America, yet we are linked to them economically at the hip. What say you, Jeff? Well, I, I don't care about China. You know what? We do the same thing all over the world. So, you know, we do the we do it, they do it, Russia does it, Germany does it, everyone does it. It's it's part of the game. So we need to just do what we keep doing. I don't know. I, I'm just not that concerned about China. What I am concerned about is the election where you started off this conversation. Uh, because I again this morning posted another article from New Jersey about uh dead people getting uh, all kinds of ballots. We know that there were ballots found in a in a in a ditch in New Jersey, I believe it was. There were ballots found in garbage cans in other states. I think Wisconsin being one of them that were already cast, and the majority of them were from Trump areas. Where the, so the majority of them were Trump votes. Mm-hmm. So 
my biggest concern is this unreliable election that's going to come up. It's going to be illegitimate, and we have an illegitimate government. So don't I'm not. It's no different. We have an illegitimate uh, election for an illegitimate government, and I've been warning about this Article Two, Section One, where the Congress is going to choose the the president. And I've been saying that all along that that's more than likely what we're going to see, that they're going to, it's going to go to Congress. They're going to choose a president. Now, it was really interesting. I said all along that it was going to be an election for Nancy Pelosi as president. And did you see that article I shared with you the other day about her saying that she would be glad to step in as a interim president after the election? I, I've been proven right on so many levels on this. And I posted on there. So is anyone going to you know, keep calling me crazy for what I've been posting about this? They keep telling us article after article of what they're going to do. And uh, I, I believe that's where it's headed. It's going to go to Congress. It's going to be illegitimate. Uh, the, the right's going to be uh, calling it illegitimate. The left's going to be calling it illegitimate. If Trump wins, uh, we are bound for uh, hopefully a dissolution because at this point, there is, a no, there is no unity here. There's no union. We might as well go our separate ways and just live live our lives separately and happily. Uh, Kelly makes a couple good points also with regards to China. There's organ harvesting in China as well, absolutely. And then she also mentions their governor, Abbott, she's down in Texas, is saying that they're, he, he says if they're having a barbecue outside, that they should still have masks with their family in their own backyard. There is no outer limit to the control that these people want to and still in our lives. In fact, I have an article on that later. But with regards to Nancy Pelosi, Jeff, I'm going to give you an article to share. I'll put it in the private chat because I cannot put it on the group chat from StreamYard. But it's from Political Insider, and Nancy Pelosi is signaling that she's prepared to become the accident, the <laughs> acting president. Yeah, the accidental <laughs> president. Speaking of Hillary Clinton, <laughs> if the election descends into chaos, and we know it's going to descend into chaos, so this article goes through all the scenarios of how that's going to happen. It is painful. It is tedious. If I'm going to close that window, if you are inclined to read it and put yourself through it, I'm going to put the link in the private chat. And Jeff, perhaps you can, you can forward that to the group if they're interested and they can read this. And, you know, one of the things they were talking about in this podcast I was listening to this morning once again, the left is saying there's going to be what's going to be the result if Donald Trump doesn't accept this election or the fact that all these ballots are going to have they're going to take a lot of time <clears throat> to determine the outcome, meaning we're going to count the votes until we get the results that we are happy. Remember Al Franken, what happened with him? So and that got him a Senate seat. What the left is saying is, well, and even they're saying there's going to be violence, especially if this goes to the Supreme Court, just like they said, the Supreme Court stole the election from Al Gore. There's an article I want to share, and they were also talking about civil war. But this is interesting. Even this leftist article, this podcast was mentioning secession. So all of a sudden, secession now is not all about racism and white supremacy. So they're going to have to, as they have this discussion, I think anytime we see this, especially from a left-leaning source, say, well, wait a minute, isn't this about white supremacy? Wasn't secession all about slavery? Then they're going to get into the actual me you know, reality of why it existed. And then perhaps that opens the door to maybe educating them as to why we had that um, issue which 800,000 Americans died when one part decided to, when uh, when when the CSA formed and tried to live amongst uh, the the Union peacefully on the same continental landmass. Jeff, this is this article from the Washington Examiner, Powder Keg. It's called 61% of Americans say that we're on the verge of a civil war. 62% are already planning. Do you remember when Donald Trump was first elected? There was an article from Business Insider. We had a conversation how they were saying, well, you know, now that Donald Trump is elected president, people aren't preparing as much. And our good friend Mikhail Mikurioff was, was interviewed for them. He's an inventor. He has the Emberlit stove. He's been on our show before. And people are saying, well, maybe they can settle back now. Times have changed, have they not? Yes, they have. If you're not preparing now, it's uh, mostly too late for a lot of things. Ammo. There's the ammo and a lot of other things. That it's just not there. Even reloading components for those of us that reload, it's non-existent. You cannot find it. So 
We're no, going to talk about the, I mean, there's canning stuff. Canning stuff's practically impossible to find. We talked about this on uh, the Red Hot Chili Prepper, that there was mass shortages of many different prepping uh, supplies. It's not going to get better. This whole thing is designed to create chaos. And I, I saw some uh, articles again about starvation, that starvation is going to kill hundreds of millions of people across the globe uh, because of all that's going on with this COVID stuff and government's response. And we're going to revisit that after our break. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at Anchor FM. All right, everybody, welcome back. And Jeff Johnson and I are talking about the post-election unrest that is prognosticated. And we left off talking about the ammo shortage, canning lid shortage, food shortages. There's an article from the New American, and it's talking about an ammunition shortage. Jeff, I'm going to share that also in our private chat, and you can put that out there for us. But again, try finding nine millimeter rounds. You've been saying that that's impossible. I, I saw this coming over 10 years ago and started <clears throat> increasing my supply. What they say here, the demand, especially for nine millimeter and 5.56 NATO calibers is in unprecedented waters. As with all of our defensive rounds, I'm sure it's frustrating for our customers looking for six hour products and all the other ammunition fact manufacturers. We just can't make enough at the moment to keep up. And this is from uh, the Sig Sauer uh, organization. So this is more of the same folks. People are gunning, gunning up. They're getting ready for violence. They're getting ready for unrest all because of the overreach of government. And they mention here a, um, let's see, Harris is this. They're mentioning DC versus Heller. We've talked about that as well, which argued that the second amendment provides only a militia-related right to bear arms. I don't know where they're getting that because that is absolutely not correct. So um, this is this is an end. Oh, this is according to Kamala Harris. She's still going with that argument that the Second Amendment only allows you to have firearms in the uh, connection with the militia. And I've I've, I've analyzed Heller extensively. We'll we'll include that. If you go to my website, it's called How Heller Botched the Second Amendment. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. So, you know, she's just applying the Second Amendment as a grant of rights, uh, or rights right. by the government, or in this case, a grant of uh, civil rights, which gives them the ability to uh, regulate them as long as they're civil rights. If they're natural rights, it's beyond their control, which they are natural rights. And also, as we've discussed, and those of you that have not heard this before, if you go to the preamble, it is very clear that these are restrictions, not a list of rights. These are restrictions on the federal government just to make sure they understood that these weren't delegated to them and they have no power over them. And so they fall under the 10th Amendment. And in most states, with the exception of three, uh, they're constitutions make it that it's not their purview either. So the states took care of it. The federal government should have no involvement in it as well. So, you know, I've been meaning to mention this on the air and I'm going to actually, and you tell me what you think of this, Jeff, what you always do backtrack on a position I've had with regards to the 10th amendment in California, because we've made the argument that California's constitution is silent on firearms. Have we not? <clears throat> yes, we have. So accordingly, California can do whatever it wants with regards to firearms. But here's my point. If we say that their constitution is silent on it, what we're saying is they um, we don't have a we we only have a right to it if they mention it. So I would say because California's constitution is silent on it, that they have that right to do it, that they have the power to do it. I would say that they can't do anything with regards to firearms. It's something to think about. And it's right. never it's been raised in federal court ever, which it shouldn't be, by the way. But to me, I would raise that in California and say, hey, you guys have no authority. The constitution doesn't delegate you any authority. So I'm doing a 180 on that one. Yeah. Well, again, it's a natural right. Uh, California has no power over natural rights as well, but uh, because it's silent on it, they have given themselves the power to to regulate natural rights. So if they regulate that natural right, what's the next one? Well, you, you can't speak. You have no uh, natural right to express yourself. 
You have no natural natural right to uh, free expression. No natural right to free. Uh, uh, what's never mind. You got the point. Yeah, religious expression, religious, you know, worship, whatever and, it and is. Yeah, let me let me go back to this. Uh, and, and regardless, I I choose to ignore you know any of these laws as anybody should. If you're not hurting anybody else, it's none of their darn business. So this is what they're saying here. Uh, the majority of Americans are bracing for the possibility of a politically fired civil war. 61% say the U.S. is nearing a second civil war. I disagree. We never had a first one. I've explained why before. 41 who's 41% strongly agree with that sentiment. So the secret uh, have been following the series of surveys that have been sizing up the state of the nation and businesses since the coronavirus hit. Uh, crisis. It's a government crisis. I actually said so on um, our Herr Herbert, our governor's uh, Twitter page yesterday. He had said that the disaster of a disease or whatever it was, uh, the coronavirus. I said, no, 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 you spelled, you spelled the perpetual disease wrong. Let me help you. And I spelled out with every other space in capital letters, government. This has been a government response to this. And uh, let's see, Andrew had a comment too. It's interesting. Not sure the context of the California Constitution is equivalent to the context of the federal context. I think it is. I think that the the position of or the powers of the government have to be laid out ahead of time, that they can't just make it up as they go, like they're doing in the federal government now, because then we would go back to a system of parliamentary sovereignty. But it would be interesting to see to see that one. But again, it was just something that I had thought about. But Again, the heightened civil war concerns lies at the political extremes of both. And again, each side, when you're talking about extremes, they both want their own version of, of big government. Jeff, I'm going to put that one in the comments section and in, in the private chat, and perhaps you can share that as well. The thing is, when we put these in on Facebook as a, as a separate post, people don't see them because Facebook tries to uh, tries to hide those because they don't want you leaving Facebook. They want you to be a good little slave and stay within their their purview. Any comments on that? Because otherwise, I'm going to go into the issue of medical tyranny. There's a really good article I wanted to bring up with regards to to um, that one. Well, I just just to wrap up. I believe that what we're going to see is either, there's going to be two outcomes here. Either. Trump's going to win in such a landslide that they can't overcome it with their cheating. If that's the case, if, if it comes to that, uh, Trump will be sworn in and you're going to see civil unrest. You're going to, right. you're going to see a communist revolution in the streets. Right now we have it in what, about a, maybe a dozen cities. What you're going to see is hundreds down to small cities, you know, like a hundred, hundred thousand people or even less. You're going to see rioting. You're going to see looting. You're going to see, arson in hundreds and hundreds of cities it's going to be a outright communist revolution they're going to try to take the over government uh, through just like 1917 or the 1990s venezuela 1917 russia uh, 1990s venezuela so it's either going to go that route or we're going to see the uh, trump or the trump will end up not getting enough electoral votes It'll go to the Congress. We'll see the Democrats put their people in. Both sides will be polarized. Neither side will give ground. Uh, the uh, Who knows? The right will probably do what they always do, and they'll buckle under and say, well, it was constitutional, so I guess we got to put up with it. We got to work harder. We just got to vote harder next time. Or there's this going to be open defiance and open uh, revolution or civil war in the streets. So either way, I don't see a pretty outcome. November is just going to be a transitional uh, event in this country, and it's going to uh, produce an ugly, ugly outcome. I don't see a happy ending. So, so interestingly enough, everybody knows that studies any kind of government, everybody can say and can repeat the phrase of why we have this revolution, why we have this independence, no taxation without representation. What kind of representation do we have now? And it goes beyond taxation. It goes beyond our medical care, what kind of cars we can drive, what kind of light bulbs we can have in our house, what kind of heating we can have in our house. If you want to know the absolute extent to what they want to know about us, look up the American Community Survey. It's put up by the uh, U.S. Census Bureau and how much they want to learn about us so they can control what's going on in our communities from 
the federal level. I've discussed this many times, but look it up. It's about 18 pages long. I keep getting I keep getting uh, messages and, and postcards, so I need to mail that in. And uh, no, it's not happening. There's a really good article here um, from Reason Magazine. I want to share a little bit of it. I've, I've taken some highlights out that I want to share. And again, we'll put this in the in the notes as well. And it's called uh, The Post-Pandemic New Normal Looks Awfully Authoritarian. Yeah, who didn't see that coming? And what schmucks everybody was to say, yeah, I'll go along with the two-week lockdown to flatten the curve. You know, uh, boy, what 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 a foolish thing to do. But it seems, you know, this is how they start. It's It's so innocuous. At first, well, you know, two weeks, we can stay home, just stock up, get a little stuff. And by the way, you can still get food. But they have doubled down and they continue to double down. Here is the... Um, the link for that, Jeff, you could put that in there. And uh, so what is this going to look like? And we're going to also address that after we take a music break in just a moment. So, all right, before we uh, address that, if you like the music you hear at the beginning of this show, give this ad a listen to so you can learn how to download it and listen to it at your leisure as often as you like. Great stuff. Music for this program has been brought to you by Roxanne, courtesy of Rat Pack Records. Radio Silence is the album and is available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, RatPackRecordsAmerica.com, and RoxanneBand.com. All right, everybody, we're back and we're going to continue our discussion of what the post-pandemic life, the new normal is going to look like. We're talking about extensive overreach of the government and the totalitarian takeover on the way. And there's an article here we're discussing here. I want to just bring up some excerpts here uh, that the new normal is looking awfully totalitarian. And here's what they're saying here. This reference to this new normal are not just tiring, they are ominous. I'm just going to read one paragraph here. As the need for an extension of quarantine into the summer or beyond seems likelier, we're already hearing this now, Fauci. I'm going to talk about what he has. He had some commentary about that the other day, so stand by for that one. The new normal will certainly include unanticipated trade-offs, according to uh, Andy Wang in the Harvard International Review. He says the central irony of the crisis may be that the very methods that liberal democracies are currently using to effectively fight the virus are the same tactics that authoritarian leaders use to dominate their people. While the world is not sinking into authoritarianism, a post-quarantined world could be less democratic than the previous iteration the tools that have been temporarily deploy, deployed in the fight against a once-in-a-lifetime disease may become permanent. The article continues when it says the authoritarian tools may become permanent because we've talked about this before. Mr. Sociopath goes to Washington, the burning platform. I love that article. The tools may become permanent because government officials are rarely punished for doing something, even if the something is awful and counterproductive. It's leaving things alone to be overworked, to be worked out by individuals according to their own priorities and preferences by which politicians get called out. In addition, the people who call into government, who uh, go into government tend to be, and this is again, that article, Mr. Sociopath Goes to Washington, tend to be the sort who naturally gravitate towards using power. And crises are excellent excuses for accumulating unprecedented authority for using it in novel ways. So for authoritarian-minded leaders, the coronavirus crisis is offering a convenient pretext to silent critics and consolidate power. Absolutely. And this is the problem with the censorship we're seeing right now is the um, anybody. I mean, Jeff, you've seen it. Uh, articles about hydroxychloroquine and any of the other ways to fight this virus or calling it a pandemic or saying that masks don't help. You get shut down. Facebook will shut you down. YouTube will shut you down. Twitter will shut you down. And you have to ask yourself, who has the most to gain? We were talking about uh, who are the winners and the losers going to be in this. Well, we know who the losers are. They're the mom and the pop stores that have been shut down. Those are the personal trainers, the people that are doing your nails, the people that cut hair, the people that are just trying to clean your house or, or, sell, or show movies. 
who's making a fortune in this new normal? The very people that are silencing the messages. Facebook. Amazon is making a fortune in this. What about live music? Now you can't even stream live music on Facebook. Concerts are canceled. I actually have somebody that we're working on getting on the show to talk about how this is impacting the music and entertainment industry as well. So I'm looking forward to having that. But Jeff, I'm really not optimistic on what life is going to be like in this new normal. I find myself not even wanting to go to places because um, last week I was taken, you know, for a little birthday celebration. And I'm thinking, do I even want to deal with the nonsense and the mask BS and everything else that I have to do. And fortunately, this was in a in a county in Utah that hasn't been hit hard like that where we had to have them on. Yes, people were wearing masks, but, um, you know, it was tolerable. So, and, it, you know, even the restaurants that say wear a mask when you come in, people are just pretty much ignoring it. And, you know, a lot of them just, if you use common sense, they just will allow you to, to get through there. So anyway. Yeah. So anyways, uh, you mentioned who's going to be the great beneficiary. It's going to be the people that are making Remdesivir uh, and uh, Regeneron, they, the ones the president is, gonna, is taking. My bet is that those were probably in the neighborhood of at least $2,000 a dose. Uh, probably more than that is probably twelve dollars or $20,000 a dose for those because they're just now hitting the market. So uh, most of us can't afford these things while the uh, you know, hydrochlor hydrochloroquine is going for about 60 cents a dose and it's effective. So who's the big beneficiary? Big Pharma. That's who's winning in this. And government is picking the winners. Uh, Walmart, we got Amazon, all these big box stores and online stores are winning huge. Mom and pops are going under. And in the end, you're going to have a choice from the government-backed uh, corporations or nothing at all. Well, and this is what we've been saying, too. The corporations, these big box stores that have towed the party line are now the the taking up where people are not going to pay attention to the government-issued mandates. They'll say, well, we're not going to let you in our store if you don't have one. And Walmart initially had that policy, too, but they have since, because some people were so incensed by this, had said, you know, treat these customers because, you know, these white, these these right wingers that don't wear masks are a little bit unhinged and they probably have guns. So for your safety, just leave them alone. OK, I'm good with that. Whatever, whatever your reason is, I can walk in the store. There was a woman out there. They had the mask ambassador a couple of weeks ago ask if I would like when I politely said no and walked on in and. Sadly, I was the only one without one. So the gaslighting continues. But here, this earlier this week, Herr Fauci said that you better get ready to hunker down again uh, because this is going to be a tough, a tough fall and winter to get through mentally. And we've, we've seen this, you know, Jeff, we were talking about this before. In fact, when I, I refer to that Summit County Sandinista uh, seminar, they had, they had a webinar where the unwashed masses were not welcome to participate. There was no commenting allowed. But they were even saying that this is probably going to go through the fall and even the winter and into next year. What did they do? They continued the mask mandate until January 8th of next year. And some people are even saying expect mask mandates permanently. I refuse to accept that. Yeah. And then you have uh, the CDC uh, suggesting that you don't have a Thanksgiving celebration. Don't mm -hmm. get together as your family with your family and friends. So, again, I said I posted this morning that this is about destroying community. If they can destroy community, there is no one there to resist the government tyranny because it, community is where it's at. If, if you are separated, uh, individuals will not be able to resist government tyranny, but communities can. And so what are we going to be forced to? We're going to be forced to decentralize. We, we're going to have to just create pockets of freedom. And that means, you know, we may have to secede from this our own state even and we create a pocket of freedom. That's where we're at. I mean, it's it's coming down to the point where it's going to be a choice. You're either going to knuckle under and uh, obey government or you're going to create a pocket of freedom. There's the well, choice, folks. That's exactly what I did. And that's one of the benefits of living in a very remote area. You know, I walk down my street. My neighbors are half a mile away and we're all hanging out there together. 
no masks, no social distancing, just all enjoying each other. And, and uh, I'll have my gatherings here. We had a nice couple nice ones uh, before. But, you know, if you were in an area where your neighbors could rat you out, like in a state like California or something like that, you, you, you can't get away with that. So that's one of the benefits. Yes, I have my my pocket of freedom in this little county here. So get ready for shortages. We've had the meat shortage. We've had the toilet paper shortage. We've had the ammo shortage. This is one of the problems too, when you are putting people on a, like a funnel, when you're funneling everybody towards online marketing and the big box marketing, then couple with that, the, uh, prog the, the proposed uh, cashless society, what's going to happen now? Rationing. Oh, no, you can only buy one one roll of toilet paper and it will be enforced and they can track that. So, um, you know, and it's going to be a lot of, I think, government imposed shortages as well. Incidentally, too, remember now I've seen I'm seeing advertisements for drive in theaters in the Walmart parking lot. Jeff, didn't a few churches try to have some drive in worship services in parking lots with the um, law enforcement uh, contingency of society? Uh, being the government henchmen to shut that down. But all of a sudden now Walmart, because they've towed the party line, are able to do what the churches cannot. And Americans stand for it. We saw, Jeff, weren't we talking about the, um, there was a black militia talking about secession and wanting, uh, I was talking to Alan Mosley about that, who, by the way, has a show coming up later today. And he had said, you know, if the uh, right-wing conservatives were as judicious and demanding their rights as we're seeing these contingencies and arming up, gunning up and defending their communities and their neighborhoods, they wouldn't have to be worried about being hauled off to jail while singing their hymns. I think he's absolutely right. I've been saying that for a while, that for the most part, constipational conservatives are timid and compliant. They will obey government because they've been indoctrinated to believe they got to obey government. They, they got to back the blue when the blue is not going to be on your side in this, if you guys, if you would be a community that decided you're going to defend yourselves or defend your community, I guarantee you that blue will come after you and try to arrest you. Try it. Prove me wrong. We're going to take a quick break again for our sponsors at Anchor and then get right back. All right, everybody, this is the final segment of our show where we left off was uh, Herr Fauci is warning us uh, to get ready to lock down for fall and winter, which, of course, means into 2021. He offers some sage advice on how to get through it. If you are at all interested in anything the scumbag has to say, you can find that article yourself. I'm not going to contribute to getting that one out there. Go ahead. Suzanne, did you see the article stating that the McCloskeys have been uh, charged with the felony? I have. Yep. Okay. So I I just proved my st statement before the break. Correct. So the McCloskeys are in a gated community. They have a walled house. Their house has a wall around it with a gate. People broke down the gate, came onto their property, trespassing, and now it's a threat. They defended their house with their firearms, never fired a shot but they're going to be charged with the felony for defending their property. So I proved my point by showing you it's already happening. So constipational conservatives, pick a side. Either you're going to back the blue and give up your guns and just be a, a ward of the state, or you're going to stand for liberty and freedom. I mean, you, you, there's no other choice at this point. You have two sides, freedom or slavery. Brad is saying here uh, locally where he lives, they had the county police threaten to imprison a maskless protest if they entered the store. Folks, they're not on your side. You might hear a story here and there. A local sheriff, blah, 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 refuses to enforce the mask order. We need more of those. There are scarcely enough to stand up for us because, again, they don't want to lose their pensions. They don't want to get punished. They don't want to lose their paychecks. So you need to consider the source, you know, just like with regards to money, these tech industries that are silencing messages of freedom, messages that just dis that detract from the corporate media message, <clears throat> they're the ones that are profiting. There is an inherent conflict of interest in these platforms. They are towing the government line. They're nothing but a propaganda machine. And the people like us are being silenced. I'm surprised we're still allowed to even comment. And that's why I'm very careful, again, with our show descriptions. Alan Mosley was doing a Facebook Live about Kamala Harris, doing an absolute great job, factual, 
of her record as the attorney general of California. They were shut down, live stream, shut down, middle of the presentation. So again, look at the conflict of interest and those that are trying to frighten you. They want you home watching your TV. They want you on Zoom. They want you ordering through Amazon. They don't want you going to the mom and pop stores. They don't want you using cash. They want you scared and they want a sign that you're scared. Put that little face diaper on, put your snot catcher on and walk around going, I'm a muzzled idiot. Because that's what you're showing everybody. Because here's the thing. These muzzled idiots are walking around. If all of these methods are important, you go into a store. They don't social distance. They don't walk up and down the aisles where the arrows are telling them to go but they are in compliance with the one means that shows the most how subservient they are. What is more subservient than a yellow star? I'm sorry, than a, than a mask across your face. Suzanne, yeah. uh, I've been calling them now for months, slave compliance clause. Mm -hmm. It's a slave. You are admitting you're a slave when you put that mask on. That's all it is. Is it about a virus? No. That thing does nothing, zero, nothing for the virus because the virus is much smaller than the uh, the filter effect of that mask. And what? furthermore, they're also finding, and a friend of mine, her husband ended up with an infection on his face because mm -hmm. of the mask, because they, they're collecting all the bacteria. It gets warm and moist. Where does, what do they grow bacteria in? Warm and moist. So it's collecting all that bacteria, it puts it on your face, and then it's growing. And you're ending up, you're seeing a lot of people with infections on their faces now. Why? Because we're not designed to have these masks on. Our immune system will handle this just fine. So, you know, it's we're to that point now, again, are you a slave or are you free? The choice is right there on your face. Are you seeing, I'm seeing pictures of kids now that have been forced to wear these masks all day long that are having massive infections and skin mm -hmm. infections, rashes, bacterial infections. What, what, what were they going to start getting those disease or those uh, antibiotics res resistant infections, yeah. uh, bacterial uh, infections in your lungs. Now you're yeah, in California. Yeah. yeah. You're in California and you're supposed to take your mask on and off in between bites of food. Every time you put your fork down, you touch your snot rag, you put your fork down, and now you touch your snot rag. How many times do you touch your snot rag while you're eating? And now you go and hand one of your servers your credit card. Tell me how any of this makes sense. I thought I think I talked about last time we were on the air in uh, Vernal, Utah, the Denny's. I said, why are, why are all of you wearing masks here, all the servers, when there's no mandate? Oh, it's from corporate. I think they want everybody to feel safe. Again, they want people to feel safe. Who feels safe with a bunch of masks around you? The sheep, the timid, the uneducated, the compliant. You people are the reason this is continuing. I told you about that woman I had the conversation with. She was in respiratory distress, older, heavyweight woman going, oh, it's so hot. I said, take it off. I'm afraid people will get mad at me. You are saying, I care more about the, the opinion of a stranger than I care about my own health well-being and welfare. This is why they're getting away with it because everybody's afraid they'll get in trouble. There was a gal at the gym. We were talking about these masks and she said, oh, I have to be careful because I live next door to one of the county council members. You have to be careful. I'd be parading out in front of his house without a mask, giving him both fingers. This is what they need. People in front of their houses saying, we've had enough of this. Stop it already. Stop with your stupid protests in the house. Go to their own houses. I'm not saying commit an act of violence, but let them know. We know who you are. We know what you're doing, and we find this unacceptable. But, you know, just like people have road rage, just like people act like imbeciles on Facebook and get into these keyboard wars, there's a sense of anonymity where they know they can get away with it. And then if it gets a little dicey, well, they just call out the goons with the guns to enforce something that they themselves personally won't do. So what's going to happen next? Where does this end? They're already saying, well, th this is next year. Movies are gone. 500 regal cinemas have closed down. Who's going to make up that? Oh, I know. Streaming, big tech, Netflix, Amazon, all these companies that are silencing us are the ones that are making the money. Doesn't anybody get this? 
Doesn't anybody realize at this point when they come up with these ridiculous suggestions, don't go trick-or-treating, don't have Thanksgiving with your family, don't go to church, but you can protest and break windows and not spread. It's a very sophisticated vi virus. Go ahead. So I, I have a question for pe these mass people. So would you allow somebody to force you to wear a burqa because of their religion? Well, I mean, seriously, would you allow them? But you're going to allow government to force you to wear a mask because it's their religion, the religion of government, the God of government. We have to obey the God that rules our lives, makes us slaves to them, steals our wealth. Yet we're going to obey the mask, but we're going to we're going to fight with everything we got to keep from Muslims forcing us to wear a burqa. You're you're ridiculous. Uh, I have nothing for you. You are a slave, whether it's to a religion or to a, the religion of government. Here's a really great article. I want to bring up a, a segment of this. And again, I'm going to share this with you and you can put it in here, Jeff. It's from Mises, our friend Ryan McMakin, who's been on the show before. And it's called COVID and the escalation of medical tyranny. Remember what I alluded to earlier in the show, too. If let's say now vaccinations become mandatory and school is mandatory, it's compulsory. They're going to require COVID vaccinations. What if you don't want to put this experimental cocktail in your child's body? Here comes CPS, government-sanctioned kidnapping. Let me share this uh, excerpt as we wrap up the show. Whether by design or by the instinctual reaction, we have seen the concerted effort of government authorities amplified by a corporate press and with a particularly vivid political agenda and supported by the credentials of an academic landscape that suffers from ideological capture to weaponize a centralized scientific narrative for the purpose of achieving certain policy ends. It is appropriate that some have dubbed this union the cathedral as we have seen the divine right of kings renewed in the divine right of approved scientists. Great great stuff there is exactly what we have been saying and you wrote an article about it and you can find it at suzanne c sherman about the oh i can't remember the title of it suzanne tell them what i it was the god of government oh the church of national government yeah absolutely church of national government. that's it i wrote another one with regards to uh the masks that's in the blog it's called mask hysteria and what i shared there was was something i remembered from law school in my con law class and we were talking about the First Amendment and there was uh, the cases that we were discussing had to do with license plates and certain political or, or religious messages. And I remember a commentary. Now, don't criticize me because I'm applying Supreme Court cases. I am applying to this discussion a comment that my law school professor made. And when the Black Robe Messiah struck down, <clears throat> I think it was a license plate in New Hampshire, um, he said the right, and again, I don't like calling these rights or restrictions, but in the context of this discussion, the right to free speech includes the right not to speak at all. When you are telling me I have to put this snot rag across my face to walk into your stupid store, restaurant, whatever it is, and then sit down and take it off, you're telling me I agree with this stuff. <laughs> nice catch. So, um, I'm not going to. And I, I am absolutely militant about this, you know, and this is uh, it's, it's created problems when my kids have wanted to go certain places. And I said, I'm not going there. I absolutely refuse. There are some places that say um, what was the other one? Uh, the brewery in Bonneville. Uh, you have to walk in that door with your snot rag on. And then you could take it off when you sit down 10 feet later. This is absolute insanity. It is everybody trying to control a segment of population that is trying to exercise reason. Andrew wants to know how we really feel about masks. I don't care for them. <laughs> Here's another thing. I was supposed to have a medical diagnostic, well, not diagnostic, but I guess a screening procedure done. And uh, they said, yeah, first you have to take a COVID test. I said, it's not happening. Not happening at all. I think Jeff left. I hopefully, hopefully we're still broadcasting, but I don't see him in there. So anyway, this article I'm going to share with you as well uh, by Mises.org. And uh, so this is another one, uh, Dick Costolo, and this is from Conservative Firing Line. And this is how violent things are getting. And you see, let's play a game. See if you can spot the hypocrisy. He's a former Twitter CEO 
Some capitalists will be shot in the revolution. Twitter capitalists, Twitter capitalists. Any takers here so far? What he is saying, there's a lot of talk around the leftist camps about a revolution, and some of the rhetoric is vicious to the point that nobody is doing anything about it. Twitter's former CEO, uh, Dick Costolo, tweeted that certain capitalists who won't engage in social justice issues will be the first people lined up against the wall and shot in the revolution. Jeff, I had read to you earlier a message in and um, I got on my website asking me if I wanted to donate to the cause of social justice and promote minority businesses. And this was somebody I didn't know. It was an unsolicited response reaching out to me. And I chose not to respond to it because I'm just kind of wondering, um, gosh, what if I say I'm not interested? Am I one of these people that he's going to want to put up against the wall? My capitalists that he doesn't want to support. What's interesting to me is how the these people that make their fortunes in a capitalist venture want to shoot other capitalists. Insanity. So, um, Daniel, I'm really sick of them tiptoeing around the issue. Andrew wants to know how I really feel about masks. If I have left that unclear, we will work on that a little bit. <laughs> so... Uh, also, Daniel says, sounds like <laughs> kind of like French revolutionary from the Twitter dude. Yeah, abs absolutely. That is the case there. So we'll share that as well. Here's something else. Speaking of the tech giants now, Amazon has a palm reading to start at the grocery store, but it could be so much bigger. I don't see that as really good news. And again, I'm just going to wrap up the show with this. The tech giants, the big winners are the ones using this technology. Ultimately. I guess I should say originally talking about how they're going to make our lives easier. That's how it always starts. But then you have to look at the more draconian means. I don't know if any of you have seen these advertisements Amazon has been putting on about, about how they're keeping their employees safe. And they're showing an image of their employees walking through into the, into the warehouse where it shows them highlighted and their temperatures are screened. What's to stop stores from doing that now? What's to stop that from being implemented in the streets right now? What's to stop somebody, if you are shown as having a fever, which could be caused by anything, from being taken aside and removed from the public and then to be tested by force? Does this really seem out of the realm of reality? We have TSA checkpoints. They're talking about checkpoints now in Salt Lake City analogous to that. This is really scary. So just getting back to this Amazon article, really, um, Amazon One, it's a new technology for its Amazon Go stores that lets shoppers pay for their groceries by scanning the palm of their hand, by analyzing the shape of the hand and the unique configuration of the veins under your skin. They said technology can verify your identity the same way facial recognition does. This is something that I find is going to be very scary. They say how it works is by looking at the technology itself, which is blessedly straightforward. So they say possibly, but the uses for it down the line will not be. So the palm scanning has been around for years. You know what I want to know? We're going to get into this another time. We'll see if we can get Greg Carpenter with us. What else are they going to be able to scan? We know that they can get your biometrics. They're talking about having kiosks that you can walk up to have your breathing, uh, your respiratory rates, your temperatures taken. What's to stop this from everywhere you want to go? Oh, you want to buy some food? You want to go in the store? Do you have a, a health certificate? We've heard them talking about this. This is why I am so adamant about the mask. We fell for the two weeks, flattened the curve. I am not falling for this again. Jeff, final thoughts before we wrap up the show. Well, I got in trouble for saying something about burkas, I guess. Because I, I, I completely got cut off. I mean, I was gone from the stream. And then when I got back in, everything, all my settings were changed. I couldn't get audio. So, I mean, I got I got spanked for talking bad about a religion. Notice I mentioned the uh, yellow stars and nothing happened. I, I think our days are numbered here. I, I don't know what's going to happen uh, eventually when we do this. Anyway, we're out of time, but we'll be back next week, I hope. And maybe, <laughs> maybe we will. Maybe we won't. All right, everybody. On I'm Suzanne Sherman. Jeff Johnson and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Wasatch Report. <laughs>